I'm wrestling, you're not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is your host, Ben Askren, as always, with my main man, Tommy Rowans. We are on episode 39 of the T. Rowan Funky Show. Tommy, what's going on over there in Ohio? Nothing much, my brother. Just living the life, uh, trying to raise a family, keep my head above water. You know what I mean? Sure. Living the dream. What about you? I'm about the same here, you know, trying to build a business uh, like yourself. I like business. Working, and hopefully I'll have some news about my next fight soon, and so everything's going pretty well. There you go, man. Yeah. So you're you're still going to fight this year, then? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little slower than I would have liked, but uh, yeah, they're going to take care of me. Um, so let me ask you this. Did you see the news about the, the, the past Olympic medalists? I sure did. My man, my man, Taimazov and, uh, Kudakov, rest in peace, both got stripped of their medals. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's not what we're going to talk about this episode. We're hitting top 10 college wrestlers of all time, but I thought that was an interesting note with the, with the doping thing. And, and these guys are real pissed or took, gave their blood and those samples are going to be held on for eight years. So Ten I, years. Oh, it's ten. I thought it was eight. Yeah, I was told they get held on to ten years wow. by someone that's in the know. Yeah, they hold on to them for ten years. And so there, you know, there's even ch- further chances that the 08 samples could come up guilty. And I did see a note that there might be some more guilty samples that they have not released yet. Yeah, no, I think, I think that there's probably a lot of back-end communication going on, the IOC, with some of these national federations. Because I think... I think the worst is not behind us yet. Sure. In terms sure. of getting a black guy for the sport. Would you be surprised if a few of the Russians from this year were caught? This year? Um, yeah, I think I would. I don't know. Really? If they get, I, I, I don't know if they could get clean in time. You know, I mean, this all started going down midsummer, right? Sure, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I could see it happen. What about you? No, I, I would be shocked if they took a blood piss test. I'd be shocked if some of them aren't caught for something. <laughs> I think that's yeah. how, how filthy it is. Yeah. Um, okay, and not much else going. The Junior Worlds is going on right now. We had two women get a bronze medal. Uh, Alexis Porter and Kayla Miracle, I believe, so that's fantastic. Um, and then not much. Well, we got junior men's later this week, so we'll probably get to talk about that next yeah, week. Yeah, and it just, it's just, you know, I thought it'd be interesting to see how swiftly or not swiftly the UWW would act on, like, the Franklin Gomez issue and some of the other, you know, issues that could have been swiftly dealt yeah. with. And they're just, you would hope. I think, I think they're trying to put them under the rug. I haven't heard an announcement or anything like that, but I'd like to see something done on the Franklin Gomez deal. I mean, I rewatched that flurry. Oh, probably probably another probably another twenty times, Ben, and it's just unbelievable. There's no fathomable way that could not be scored. For not at all. Gomez. Not it's at all. Not even possible. Um, hey, so next next year's Worlds, I just looked this up the other day, is in Paris, France, August twenty first through twenty sixth. Uh, my wife's always wanted to go to Paris. T- Tommy, you want to go or what? I'm down, dude. Really? I totally want to go. I mean, I I gotta conserve some vacation time, but I would go. Sure, I th- you know they could it could be a rudest business trip even. <laughs> 
boom, right. right? That's right. Bam. Um, right off, baby. I, I think uh, I think if there's one change I, w- I could see implemented by next year, and Bender talked about this, I would so love to see 10 weight classes. I just mm-hmm. think that would be so much better. Would you be excited mm-hmm. to see that? I mean, it'd be, it would be, it's what's right. I mean, it's what's right. So, yeah, I'd love to see that. That would be so freaking awesome. I would be so pumped. I think we're going to have our most controversial episode. Right now? Podcast to date. Not between you and I. I just think so many people follow college wrestling and take a lot of pride in coordinating and organizing the details. Okay. That this is going to be highly scrutinized. I don't know what your list is going to say. I don't know what your list is going to say. I don't know what, you know, you don't know what mine's going to say. But I think, I think, you know, you got so many things to consider. You got the whole, some guys, you know, a lot of the guys we're going to talk about, or some of the guys at least didn't wrestle all four years because freshmen couldn't compete. You've got, do you really include the older, older, older era? Um, or not? Um, you've got what's, what's more important titles or career record? dominance how how much weight do we put on the fact that someone you know let's let's take tj williams for example who only wrestled three years you know the guy the guy's career record's outstanding um and i'm assuming he's going to be maybe you know he's he's probably considered your one of your top 10 you know but he was not very dominant you're right and so i I think other than winning all the time well so so there's i just think that there's going to be a lot a lot of scrutiny so and when, I think that this was way harder than the Olympic one. I, I would say it's way harder. I just told someone else it was way harder. So for those of you who don't know or didn't listen to a previous episode, we did a top 10. Uh, I think it was episode 36. That that was our most listened to episode ever. I think um, 12, 13,000, somewhere in there when you include all the mediums we go through. So that was, that was pretty good for us. So we decided to do a top 10 college. It's fun because um, like the like – the, Top ten ever list. These lists don't really exist, Tommy. It's kind of unfortunate, and there's there's definitely uh, not as much historical data about wrestling as I would like there to be. Right, right. So this is fun, and I got to do some research, and I thought I, just, I knew college wrestling really well, but I definitely learned some stuff. I reached out to some people. Uh, I think I did my research because I didn't want to come up looking like a dumbass. I, I mean, I think I did okay, but. I just think there's so many ways to look into the prism <laughs> that no matter what, it's going to get scrutinized. But I think that I have some consistency in my approach. I mean, I don't think it's a sure. bad list. But I just think there's so many ways to look at this. It's going to yep. get talked about a lot. Sure. So I, I looked at, obviously, titles. you got to look at titles. I looked at win-loss record. Uh, I think that's a huge indicator. I looked at... Uh, winning streaks, I think that's important because the ability to not lose is, is super important. I looked at dominance, like you're saying. So I think those four would probably be my, my main criteria. Um, you know, I'll tell you, like, one guy who's in, in my honorable mention but didn't make the, the list was Mark Schultz. He lost a whole bunch of matches this freshman year. Uh, right. So, you know, I, th- I, th- I want to say it was like 13. So that takes it, that takes him off my list. So that was definitely something I looked at. So do you want to go one on down? Do you want to start with honorable mentions? Um, you know, how do you want to do this? I think one on down. Okay. So I had 22 people who I could could consider could even be on my list. Um, so I got 12 honorable mentions, so maybe I'll throw those in at the end. But number one is obviously the easiest one of the whole bunch, right? It's the only 
It's the only no-brainer. It's the only no-brainer. It's the only no-brainer. I think the rest is just going to be a dog fight debate. You know, obviously, you know, under both of our criteria, Kale is the number one. And- hey, 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 Ben. Before we go into that, and obviously sure. it's Kale for both of us, but what what do you think of an an older wrestler? And I say older. I say late. Like let's say pre pre nineteen seventy. Sure. Did you? Did you look at them the same way? Uh, I I didn't. I was I was I'm, I'm more skeptical. I have a couple. I don't mention. I do, I do have two from that era on my list, but definitely more skeptical. And and even when you go into the seventies and eighties, you know, a guy like um, Lee Kemp or Mark Schultz, where they start as a you know sophomore or junior in high school, man, that just doesn't happen these days. Wrestling is so much more technical, and it's at just such a different level that people can't start that late and be competitive. I mean. I just don't see it happening anymore. I mean, guys can start as freshmen and go and wrestle in college, but as far as, I mean, freaking Lee Kemp started as a sophomore in high school, and as a true freshman in college, he was wrestling for a national title. Like, that doesn't, amazing. It doesn't happen anymore, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say a little bit. I kind of, I maybe I would say I, I graded a little bit for that, but definitely um, kind of took what about, guys what about what, what about What um, about win percentage as opposed to dominance? Oh, I, w- I don't know which one I rate higher, but obviously both those are important. If, if guys are having, and that was kind of like really how I separated out um, a bunch of the guys, and I will mention, you know, some of these guys had eight, nine, ten losses, and obviously that's not that's not a lot for the college career. But when we're talking the top ten ever, that is a lot. And let's yeah. see, I think we got five losses, six. I'm looking at those five, six. Uh, yeah, I think six losses is the most on my list. Maybe not, and it's. And that guy won 89 straight matches at the end of his career. So, where did you find all these these actual stats? I told you I was googling, I was texting people, using my resources, baby. Amazing, dude. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got a little bit of mojo with it. I, I struggled with not including some older guys or including them and wondering if it makes sense. You know, just yeah. it's, I struggled with that. I also struggled with. Um, People that I know were more dominant, but maybe had seven or eight losses, yeah, as opposed to a guy who had three or four losses, but just didn't have as wide of a gap with his opponent. Other than yeah. he got his hand raised a lot. The other one, I'll tell, I'll tell you one one thing. Um, but Greg Jones, he only had four four losses uh, in his whole career, and obviously he crafted about the NCAs that year that one time, but. Really, for him, it was like there was just no great competition. I want to say he beat a guy named Ben Heiser in the NCAA Finals. Um, you know, there was just no memorable big competition for him, and I think that hurt him a lot. When you know, talk about Kyle Dake, he ended up pretty high on my list, and I would say without David Taylor in his career, Kyle Dake's career, college career, is not looked on as greatly as it is with those wins over David Taylor. So I think opponents had quite a bit to do, you know, how tough were your, was your opposition to win those titles? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it's just, it's just, there's a lot of ways to look into the prism. And I think that Definitely. it's even more, it's more prevalent in college, probably because we all have more data, more information. We intuitively yep. follow this more closely. Um, but it's, it was tougher for me. I don't have as much confidence, I guess. I thought my top 10 American wrestlers ever was, you know, I mean, you can hem and haw about it, but I was like, you know, that's a legit yeah. good list. This list, I'm kind of like, I mean, yeah, it's my top 10, but 
I mean, if someone says, why'd you do that? I'm like, yeah, I struggle with that too. I think I'm going to say that a lot. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. definitely. Okay, now we can go. Okay, so Kale, obviously winning streak. He's got the longest one ever because he never lost. Um, and he was super dominant too. And he beat good guy. You know, a guy like John Trench was very good. A guy like Daniel Cormier was very good. And Brandon Egham, World Silverman, was very good. So, um, you know, he beat a high-level competition on his way to all of these titles. It wasn't like he had a bunch of um, guys who are no-namers. So, um, you know, I think under every criteria, obviously he's number one, but under every criteria he met, matches up with the best of the best. Yeah, no, he's uh, just, I mean, <laughs> freakish. A freakish collegiate career. He's only two years younger, uh, older than me, so I was in college two of his four years. I actually was in the tunnel warming up for the NCAA finals when he won his fourth over John Trench. So his career, you know, to me is extremely memorable. His dominance is very, um, vivid in my mind. Um, he was an undefeated four time NCAA wrestling champion has not been done. He was extremely, extremely dominant. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't even a lot of matches in his career that were. That were ones that could have went either way. Right? Yeah. There's barely any. No. A couple he, of his freshman year and that's it. Yeah. I mean, he pinned 40% of his opponents. Um, he probably, either him or Logan Steber, I think, have the most back points in the history of wrestling. Really? I would say so, yeah. I mean, I think you're up there, to be honest, Ben. Well, but I, got, I, think, I got too many pins to be in there. That's what I was going to say. I think what kept you out was the pins. Well, I'd say David Taylor would be really high in that category. Uh, he would be high, too, yeah. So that would, tilts yeah. And, uh, yep. and, and crab ride stuff. But, yeah, he's the only obvious one for me, and then it gets pretty interesting after that. I mean, it gets really interesting. So, two, let's let's go. Uh, you want odds or evens like we did last time? Um, I'll go with evens. Okay, you got evens. So then, then you're up on number two. Okay, this was tough. Every single one after this was tough, but I'm going with Dan Gable. Um, was undefeated all the way until his last wrestling match, one of the most tragic and most amazing upsets in the history of, of wrestling. Dan Gable was just as dominant, if not more dominant, than Kale Sanderson. I'll take away the loss. Um, he pinned 75% of his opponents, so he was 94-1, and with 71 pins, and um, I, I give him the nod. It, it, as dominant as he was, he didn't have the opportunity to wrestle as a freshman, unfortunately, even though it's out of his control. That's a knock. Um, he wrestled in an earlier era, but I think you know his level of dominance, besides the loss, if he had won that match, you know, you could argue that he had a better career than Sanderson. I probably still wouldn't have given it to him. But if he was 95 and 0 with 71 pins and three NCAA titles, I mean, that's hard to argue. So, anyways, that being said, I went with Gable for number two. I got your back. I also had Dan Gable at number two. Uh, I, I just want to add a few statistics in there. Uh, I, I think the one that put me over the edge, obviously, was the dominance, like you're talking about. I mean, you know, if we're going to do seasons at some point, he definitely had. Arguably the best, I think his junior was arguably the best NCAA season ever by anybody. I want to say he pinned 90% of the people. So Something just completely ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then and then the other thing is that he did win Midlands as, was it, what did they call, did they call it redshirts at that time? Um, I don't even know what they call it. The year yeah. where he couldn't compete, he did, um, he did, he did win Midlands and he beat the NCAA champion, I believe. So, uh, I didn't even know that. That's cool. 
So, you know, so it puts him up there. Would he have won it that year? I Obviously, we can't say for sure, but there's definitely a good chance he would have won it. And uh, obviously, the rest of his career is outstanding. So I think I think Gable, number two, for sure. Absolutely. Good All, stuff. All right, number three. So my old guys come back to back. I got Dude, Yo- we, might, we might we might have we might we might end up with the I can't believe in the hardest list we might have the same top four. Oh my god. You got Yoho Uteka? Yutaki. I Did mean, I say it? Yutaki? You know, they, they called him they called him Yojo, but I, yeah, Tadaki Hato's a high guy. He, when he talk, I think it's Yutaki. But yeah, I went with him. I did too. No losses. And then the thing the the thing that put it over the edge for me, and I know we're not counting international Results. This is a college only, but he won an Olympic gold medal after his junior year of college. So that you know that just shows the level he was on. And, and like you say, the you know there's not a lot of statistics or video from that era. But when you're in the middle of your college career and you can go win an Olympic title, you're at a really high level. So that was kind of went with him. Obviously, no losses, three NCAA titles, could only compete three years. So he he did have an undefeated NCAA career. And I know he didn't get a lot of pins. I think he only had 11 pins. But from what I gather, he was a takedown machine, uh, obviously an international guy, and he was very dominant. So by all accounts, I don't have his actual match record and stuff, but people tell me that he was dominant. It wasn't even close. I think it was only like 67-0 and or something like that. 57. Um, 57, okay. Bobby Douglas. I remember Bobby Douglas telling me that he was just the greatest wrestler he'd ever saw. So – um, I'm going with Yojo. Was he older though? I, I guess I just thought about that when you said something about Bobby Douglas. Was was Yojo older or was he actually college aged? Because well, he was obviously an inter- international. I don't know the answer to that. I'm, That's I'm a googling good... it right now. I never even thought about it. Um, okay, well you're up on that. We we agreed so far, so uh, you're up on number four. Yeah, and I think I think so. My number four um, is. Dan Hodge. Dan Hodge. Whoa, pinning, wait, what, pinning machine. what? Dan Hodge? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, go for it. Dan Hodge, three NCAA titles, undefeated, pinned 36 of his 46 opponents. Um, couldn't be more dominant. Before, I mean, from p- people tell me that prior to Gable, Dan Hodge was like Gable. Um, yeah. So... I went with I went with Dan Hodge and and it's, I just struggle with this you know it's like could I put in the modern guys but when somebody goes undefeated wins every match they could possibly win I mean I can't it's hard to ignore but I think I stopped ignoring it after Hodge because there's a lot of other old timers in there that I'm not hooking up um, but I went with Hodge for number four um, I just checked out Oteka and he was college age when he was in college so. Um, yeah, I think you say it's pronounced Yutaki. Yutaki, I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize to him. Okay, so I went I, uh, with Kyle Dake. I, so, uh, Tommy, to be honest with you, Danny Hodge isn't, he's not on my honorable mention. Not on my top 10. Well, what's, why is Dan Here, Hodge? Here's okay, why. So here's my you. question. Okay, wait, let why me, is Yutaki number three, but sure. Dan Hodge is honorable mention? Sure, Here, here's exactly why. Obviously, the arrow was a little different. He was older, so he was 24 when he had his first NCAA title, I believe, which I, especially in that era when the technical level of athletes isn't that high compared to now, a lot of it's about physical capacity. Being an old man, essentially, at 24 going into college, your first NCAA title is a gigantic advantage. On top of that, um, he, 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 um, he didn't win the Olympics. I think he did pretty well, but I don't believe he won an Olympic title, um, 
I don't maybe, think he was either. Maybe did he not make the team or something? I'm not sure. He was in the Olympics in 1956. He got the silver. Okay, you got the silver. Uh, yeah, I'm Googling, Googling it also. Yeah. Um, okay, so, uh, so he was in the Olympics in 52, which is three years before his college career even begins. That's not freaking fair, Tommy. That's <laughs> not fair. Listen, he was so dominant That's at the folk fair. style level. He's, you know, legendary. I, I just, it's the only old timer. After this, I go to modern day dudes for, okay. for the most. For the but most. I can't even tell most. you. Can you tell me one of Dan Hodges' college opponents? No. Can okay. you tell me one of Yataki's? Yeah, he beat them all. They're all bums. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I didn't that was tough. I, I struggled with the generational stuff. Yeah, I, I, I so I did too. And um, so you went with you went with Dake. I went with Kyle Dake for four titles, obviously four weights. And um, the David Taylor thing is the one that puts it over the edge to me because Kyle Dake was was not overly dominant in his college career. I mean, you know, he 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 just wasn't the kind of guy who wouldn't put a lot of points. So. I think if he stays 157 and beats uh, Dan Derek St. John again, I don't think he's looked on. Obviously, he's a four-time champ. So those yeah, are you probably put Steber ahead of but Dave. yeah, but not quite as highly as as he was. And and so um, and the other thing, one of the arguments I hear for Dick, and I, I don't buy it, is that he beat so many NCAA champions. Well, the only reason he did that was because he changed weight classes so many times. Right. right. If he stays at 49, Molinar doesn't beat him and never wins an NCAA title. If he stays at 57, Derek St. John doesn't win an NCAA title, right? So, right. Um, so him changing weights allowed him to beat more NCAA champions. Um, but nevertheless, four, he had four losses in his career, two as a true freshman, two as a, um, sophomore. And he, so he never redshirted. I think that's a big deal to me, too. Yep. Um, yeah. So Dake's number no. four. Got it. Who's your five? All right. My number five is Mr. Lee Kemp. And oh my God. the main statistic. You freaking dogged the Buckeyes. Unbelievable. The main statistic. I Don't worry. Don't worry. The main statistic I got on Lee Kemp is that he was 110-1-1 his last three years of college. Um, he did have a few losses, but remember when he gets to college, he's only been wrestling for three years. Did he redshirt? No, he didn't redshirt. And he Amazing. owned the wrestle for three years. And he takes defending NCAA champion Chuck Yegla to, I believe it was a sudden victory. Double OT. Double OT. Um, you know, he's an 18-year-old kid that started wrestling at 15 at this point in time. Right. And that's just like, that's mind-blowing. Um, and like, I don't know that it could even ever happen again, um, someone getting that good that fast. But, uh, but Kemp was. And obviously he's got that win over Gable, which was during his college career. Um and he had a great post-college career. But, you know, 110, 1-1, one one, uh, that does it for me. Well, I can't argue with that uh, other than I just, you know, with, with the generational thing. I've got uh, Mr. Dake at number five. Oh. And let me just talk about him. I mean, he's no red shirt, four weight classes. Intentionally, I don't care what anybody says, he intentionally went up to wrestle Taylor. He could have went 57 it probably was more natural to him at the time, in my opinion. Definitely. I think he chose to go up. He accepted the challenge, put his legacy on the line. Um, even though Kyle Dake was not as dominant as basically everyone I've talked about and probably some guys after I talk about this, the his 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 ability to not redshirt, go up a weight class every year, and then having his cojones clank to the floor when he's going for his fourth title – 
and choose to challenge David Taylor, that in and of itself makes him a college wrestling legend, and uh, he's my number five. Got it. Let me ask you a question. You think he's going back down to 74 kg? Yes. You think, is, that, is that a definite yes or is that like maybe yes? That's a definite yes. That's not because I have inside information either. I just think it's definite yes. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm going to go definite yes too because you know the other the other thing that no one's talking about, but you know one of the reasons a lot of those guys moved up is that Burroughs got that free that free pass to the finals of the trials finals. Uh, he, obviously, he does not have that this year, but Jaden Cox will have that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Jaden Cox won a medal, so he's going to get a free pass all the way to the trials. No, I think he's going back down. I think he's going back down for sure. Yeah, so so we'll see. That that's going to be interesting. It, to me, that's an interesting match right now. And then you throw Derringer in there, and Imar is going to you know be in there probably. That's that's going to be a fun weight class. Absolutely, it's be really fun. All right, let's not get out. I got ADHD, so sometimes I get off task. I can't help it. That's awesome. This is this is fun. And you know what? Our lists aren't as uh, conflicting, I guess, as I thought. The only discrepancy we really have is uh, Dan Hodge. Dan Hodge on there. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're going to get a little pissed at me after this. Uh, Am I really? Number six. Number Wait, six? You're, not, you're number six because you go first. You're evens. Yeah, number six. I've got Logan Stever. Go Bucks. I, I knew that was coming. Go Bucks. 119-3. Um, and three, Four-time NCAA champion. Um Beat Jordan Oliver, who's a you know not not a top ten guy, but he's right up there. You know, pretty good in NCAA history. Um, very dominant, in my opinion. I mean, Logan, because of weigh-ins and some other things, you know, he every now and again and every now and again would win like nine to eight. You know what I mean? And then he's got yep. he's got losses to. Um, Zane. Jordan Oliver, Zane, gosh, who was the third one? Uh, it was a so- it was a sophomore year. Um, no, I think he went undefeated. I think he had two losses. No, it was his sophomore year. It was, he lost to uh, Oliver and he and he lost to um, 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 gosh, who that God. And then he went undefeated as a junior. I'm sorry. Then he lost as a junior, and then he went. Undefeated sophomore year was it Dardanes? It might have been. It might have been. Anyways, no, I don't think he ever lost to Dardanes. Yeah. Damn it so, all. anyways, 119 and three. I thought you know Logan had probably out of his 122 matches, he probably had 10 wins that were like, what the heck is that? Like, well, why did he only beat that guy seven to four? But Logan, I don't know how many pins or bonus point matches he had, but it is the amount of back points I points I watched this man score, and I watched a lot of his matches because he's a Buckeye was absolutely freaking incredible how many tech falls he had from all of his back points i mean he was very 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 dominant um and i got him at number six yeah i'm trying i would say this too ben i just want to throw this out there because i'm a buckeye homer naturally but the only reason i the only there's only one reason i have dake ahead of logan there's there's a lot there's a lot of reasons why he's number five but the only reason that t- put me put dake ahead of logan was going for his fourth title, he said, I want a piece of David Taylor. And sure. I'm like, I got to give him the nod on that. You know what I mean? And and Logan didn't have that defining opponent. Obviously, Zane Rutherford was a freshman. Now he's proving to be, you know, he he could arguably be on this list by the time he's all said and done. Um, but Logan didn't have that one defining opponent. You know, he had... Um, Ramos, Ramos for one year, but Ramos yeah. was did not have a great NCAA career. I mean, you can't really he's 
you know, it was good, but not great. And then right. Oliver, he did have, you know, as a sophomore, he had that opponent. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that as a freshman? Freshman, freshman. Okay, I think that was Logan's, th- th- other loss was Dardanes. I can't I'm believe I'm trying to find it. It's freaking yeah. driving me crazy. I can't remember it. Um, okay, I, and Logan Stever ends up lower on my um, on my list. And you're gonna be pissed at me for saying this, but here's why. He wrestled. I don't know if you remember this. He wrestled as a true freshman. Of course, I remember compete. it. He lost three times in one day at the Las Vegas Invitational. Hurt himself and then pulled himself into red shirt. Um, and for me, when I'm looking at like the next guy I'm going to talk about on my list, um, a lot of these guys did wrestle as true freshmen. And so, you know, if Logan Steber wrestles that year, finishes that year, he has three losses already. Um, and you know, and we got Matt McDonough who was very strong at that time, and a few other guys he would have had to compete against and beat. I don't know that he wins the title. Is there? Is, can he win the title that year? Yes, hundred percent. He he can definitely win the title. But does he win the title as a true freshman, which he, he was going to wrestle until he got hurt? Well, um, Kale, Kale lost to Paul Jen as a red shirt. But Kale never came out. Of, he didn't come out and wrestle in the real stuff. And, you know, he stayed in red shirts. So that get, wa- that get washed away. But, I mean, Steber was competing, and then he got lucky enough to end up under that minimum match rule, whatever that is. You know, that, I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it is. And, and, but like I said, like the next guy, number six on my list is Lincoln McElroy. He wrestled as a true freshman, and two of his three losses in college were as a true freshman. And um, and so Steber losing those three matches, which then I think they got washed away because that became a red shirt. Yeah. So those losses get washed away, but that puts him at six losses. Plus, he you know, he's only in December at that point. Um, so I think that, that, that brings Logan Steber down a few more spots on my list. Um, it, and it would be interesting to see what happened. Then, then, you know, I'm cheering for Logan, but that takedown in the NCAA Finals against Jordan Oliver is very questionable. <laughs> very questionable. questionable calls in wrestling, man. It is that what, one was, though. I, I don't like Oliver at all, but that it's was. It's in the books, baby. It's in the books. Listen, if that was against your guy, you would have been freaking pissed. It's in the books, dude. Would you have been pissed or not? I'd be pissed. It's in the books. I don't know. It's in the books. What do you want me to do? I listen, dude. I'm going. I'm going through his his list, and I cannot figure out who else he lost to. I, th- I think it's Dardanes. I thought he had a really close one, but beat Dardanes. But no, okay. I think I think it was Dardanes. I think it was Dardanes. Hey, hey, listen. You know what's funny? On Ohio State's website, that's where I'm at right now, scrolling th- through this information. They even count, and in his sophomore year, they say his crew record is 65 and five. So they're even counting those losses from his freshman year. Um, <laughs> against him, and then and then up up higher on the page, they wash those back away. There you go. <laughs> uh huh. So okay, so my number six is Lincoln McElravey. Uh Comes out of uh, red shirt status, loses a couple matches, then he goes on a run, wins the wins the NCAA title, wins it against a sophomore, um, and then he lost to Steve Marinetti in the NCAA finals, mm-hmm. and then it comes back and beats. Um, Bono oh, no. as a senior, and Bono was a very solid wrestler, obviously. Um, so he's ninety-eight and three uh, in his career. I, he had a large amount of uh, consecutive wins there after b- between the time he lost as uh, as a freshman and then when he lost the NCAA finals as a junior. I can't remember what it was, but it, it was quite a few. Um, very dominant. And when when I asked when I asked Jim Zaleski, who's the best Hawkeye ever? Who is it? When did you ask 
Jim Zaleski this? I, I was texting him because there was some information I couldn't find. I couldn't find Jim. How do you know Jim Zaleski? I thought everyone that has an Iowa pass hates you. No, Jim loves me, man. Well, let's <laughs> see. The first time, I'll just tell you, the first time I met I Jim. I like Jim Zaleski. After great. my senior year, we go back to the hotel. You know, we took third at the NCAAs. And there's a huge, we, we had a little after party in Missouri and freaking stupid Minnesota won, right? <laughs> and they're having a big party, so whatever. We'll go. We'll go have a party. I like Cole Conrad; he's my buddy. Um, and they, you know, there's a bunch of wrestling teams all staying in the same hotel, obviously. And Jim Zaleski's there, and I never really talked to him before this, right? And he comes up to me, goes, "I got you by two. I'm like, "What the hell are you talking about?" He goes, "You only have 87 straight wins. I got 89." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, "I'm about to pin you for 88, sucker." <laughs> um, so so we we started chatting. Uh, he's a really funny guy. And then one of my my high school, let's see, when I was a senior, this guy Troy Steiner started, uh, who's an NCAA champion, started a club in Madison, Wisconsin, and I went to it. And then Troy was assistant coaching for um, Jim at Oregon State. So I, I visited Troy a few times and kind of got to know all those guys out there. And Jim's just an awesome dude, um, really good sense of humor. But he's he he got two more wins. But listen, I think he has a tie in there somewhere. So I'm not quite sure Jimmy does have me on the on the win streak list there. <laughs> that's so. great. It's the unbeaten streak, yeah, not yeah, the yeah. not the win streak. And that's why I think John Smith has an unbeaten streak, not a win streak. Right. An unbeaten streak is not a win streak, Tommy. <laughs> it is absolutely one hundred percent not. It's <laughs> true. I got I, I got your back on that. Okay. I got your back. So so I was texting back and forth with Jim, trying to get some answers on T.J. Williams because in my in my so I have like I said I, I narrowed it down to twenty three right right and I have of my top twenty three one two three four five six of the top twenty three are Iowa guys. So I was trying. It's to, fair. Know, I mean, they went on a run. They've they've they. Yeah. It's the greatest college wrestling program in the modern era. Hands down, and I don't like saying that, but that's just the truth. Sure. So yeah, I mean, so that's what. Um, so that that you know, that's I I, I figured I had to get the dirt from someone. I had who you know who did these guys? I wanted their exact losses. I wanted more information on T.J. Williams. Right. So, you know, I was trying to I was trying to get the differentiation because honestly, when you look at those six guys, McElravey, Zaleski, Bannock, Williams, Brands, and T.J. Williams, their their stats are ridiculously similar. Five of them are three-time NCAA champions. Uh, and then TJ's a two, but he you know, he had the one loss only, and he didn't get to compete because he was a junior college wrestler his first year. So when you look at all these guys' statistics, the, the six Iowa Hawkeye guys that I'm talking about, they're so similar. It's kind of, I, I, you know, I think, I think uh, Mac Ravy had the, the least losses that of those who competed four years. Obviously, TJ Williams only competed three. But between Brands... Bannock, Joe Williams, Zaleski, um, man, they all had like say eight to six, seven, eight, nine, ten losses somewhere in there, um, and, and so that kind of was like um, it was interesting. I, I just had to get feedback from Jim on who he thought the best was because I figured I figured he'd have a better opinion than the internet would. Absolutely, I love it. Yeah, so Lincoln McElravey, number six, um, and he had a mullet, which might even bump him up even higher. <laughs> right, best ever. I love it. That's great. Um, all right, number seven. That's that's you. No, you're you're seven. Oh, I'm yeah. the evens. You're evens. You're evens. You're evens. Right. 
All right, I got Stephen Abbas. Love it. You got him I at love seven it. too. What's that? Do you have him at seven? No, but he's he's in my top ten. Okay, Stephen Abbas, number seven, one hundred forty-four and four. I believe he had fifty-something straight wins. Um, he only had four losses in his entire career. I, I want to say three were as a freshman, um, and and was super dominant. Um, I remember watching him because he, he was competing. Um, I believe when I was in high school, I remember watching him just toy with guys. You know, his movement and his takedowns were his thing, and um, he was just kind of. I think I feel like. His last couple of years, he was at a higher level than most of the guys he wrestled with. Okay, so Stephen Abbas is not my number seven, but I'm going to tell you something, Ben. What's that? And I've never, I've never said this on our podcast. Sure. Um, Stephen Abbas is my favorite wrestler of all time. Whoa! No, come on. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's pretty high praise. Well, I mean, obviously he's not the best wrestler ever, no. and he's not—he's not, he's but he, not yeah, the he's most pretty damn good. I mean, yeah, he's—he just when I—I I love favorite guy to watch wrestle in the history of my thirty-five years on this planet. You know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty years of watching wrestling at a high level. I never had more fun watching somebody wrestle than watching Abbas. Yeah, that's favorite cool. wrestler. Who's wow. yours? I would say John Smith. Um, but Stephen yeah. Abbas, you know, he's obviously a great choice uh, if we're talking about favorite wrestler. And, and Abbas, I want to say, I think, I, I, think I think it would have been John Smith too for me. But I'm thinking like, like when when Abbas was warming up, I'm like, this is, I can't wait. I just can't wait to watch this guy wrestle. You know what I mean? It's just because sure. it was it was in live. It was like live for me. It was just awesome. Yeah, and I can't I can't remember for a fact, but I swear one of his four losses was because he bumped up and tried to take out Eric Carrero. He did. Yeah, that's one of them. That's one right? of them. Okay, so I wasn't crazy. What I love about Abbas, he's just a straight gunslinger, man. He yes. just lets freaking he just like here's the deck of cards. I'm throwing them in the air, and I'm gonna win. And um, I love that about him. He was so fun to watch. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He was a blast to watch. I'm trying to remember. I watched some match. Uh, I was I was I was doing most of my research when I was on the way to Kansas City. Um, we went, we actually went for Joe Williamson of Flow Wrestling's wedding. Had a freaking blast there, but I was doing my research on the way on the commute. And uh, which freaking match did I watch? Well, I watched TJ Williams versus uh, the one he lost, and uh, that was it. Was kind of a slow match. Damn it! I watched one of Abbas's matches. I can't remember which one it was. Anyways, I'm going nowhere with the story. <laughs> Trying to help you out, but I can't think of anything to add to the cup. <laughs> you, you didn't see the match either. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, oh, I watched Daryl Burley. That's who, because I, I was considering putting him in my top ten. So I watched, I watched Daryl Burley versus Randy Lewis. That's who it was. It's a great match. You should check it out. Okay. Um, my seven is Lee Kemp, Ohio, back to back, six and seven. So, so same reason you talked about, uh, other than his freshman year where he took a few on the chin, a hundred and ten match unbeaten streak. Three titles, darn near one four, lost in double OT. Um, Lee Kemp, man. Nice. Uh, yeah, I said everything I want. I feel like saying about Lee earlier. So um, you're uh, you're on eight. No, you're on eight. I'm on oh, eight. Oh, I'm on. No, I'm eight. Yeah, I'm eight. I said eight. Abbas. My eight is you know your seven was Abbas. My eight is Stephen Abbas. I almost gave it to him over Kemp, but um, just with Kemp. Almost winning four titles so close. But Abbas, I already talked about Abbas, my favorite wrestler ever, just because of the way that he wrestled. Um, I think his demeanor, too, is just cool. 
Um, just a cool dude. Uh, really liked watching him wrestle. Amazing college career. Four losses. One of them, to your point, he went up and tried to take Guerrero out at 33. I think Guerrero was like a two-time. What a terrible idea. <laughs> I think it was a great idea. Um, anyways, right. I loved great, watching great, Abs wrestling. Very dominant. Um, very dominant. Always in control. Uh, he had, he had a goofy NCAA final against Strip Matter, who, who he had beaten by like 11 during the year. He had a couple goofy matches, but for the most part, Abbas was just incredible. He's my, he's my eight. All right. You know who he lost to as a freshman? Who's that? I was asking you if you knew. No, I don't. don't I know lost, he got fourth. He lost to Eric Jurgens, 11 to 8. And so, Steven, he was the two seed going into the tournament. He lost to Eric Jurgens, 11 to 8. And then the wrestlebacks, he lost to Eric Jurgens again, 5 to 3. Dang. That was his kryptonite, I guess. There you go. That's all, that's two of his four losses. Then one was to Guerrero, and then who's the fourth? Who's the fourth? Well, it had to be his freshman year. Yep. He didn't lose uh, his last few years. Dang. Um, wow. I, now i got these old NCAA brackets out. I'm like trying to look through <laughs> them. I should be focused it's on It's tough, this man. This is tough. Okay. Um, my number eight is Logan Steber. The reason for me that he was not as high is because of that freshman year. And when you consider, you know, a guy like Lee Kemp wrestled that year, made the NCAA finals. McElroy won the NCAA title that year. Um, so when you, you know, obviously Uteka did, um, Dake did. So when you consider that, I, you know, I just had to move him down a few spots because of that loss. And then I think he did lose as a junior to Zane Rutherford. He did come back and avenge that twice. And now Zane's looking to be. Pretty freaking amazing himself, but I still think, like, for Ed Ruth, to me, for Ed Ruth losing his senior year to, to Gabe Dean, as good as Gabe Dean now is, Gabe Dean was a freshman, if Ruth doesn't lose that match, I think he's in my top ten. For yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I, I, think, I, agree. I think that hurts him, uh, hurt him a lot. Mm-hmm. No, I'd agree. I would agree. Um, yeah, so I, I don't agree with Logan being that low, but there you have it. Um, you agree with my reasoning, though, right? Yeah, no, it was logic. It was logical. It was Did logical. you know when Eric Guerrero won his NCAA title, it must be his first one, do you know he was only the three seed? Really? I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, he beat uh, he beat Dwight Henson, who was the two seed, Carl Perry, who was later an NCAA champion, and Doug Schwab, who was later an NCAA champion, were not seeded in this bracket. Pretty and, awesome. Um, beat a guy named Eric Jaton, which was a Wisconsin guy in the finals. You know, one of the better NCAA finals I've ever watched was Schwab versus Leitner. You remember that one? Yeah, that was that was I was in high school. It's a great match. That's about as yeah. That's that's right up there. That's top ten favorite college wrestling matches I've ever watched. I would be too uninformed about anything prior to say nineteen ninety eight to make a list of top top matches. <laughs> I could make a nineteen ninety eight moving forward list, but prior to that, I would be so shaky I'd be embarrassed to even make a list. <laughs> I'm serious. Dang. All right, my number eight is Mr. McElravey. Okay, so uh, I had him at six, you had him at eight. That's not yeah. too far off. You know, he came out of red shirt, took a title, and then, you know, by no, you know, he kept on, kept on keeping on and went 96-3 and three in his collegiate career. Not dominant in terms of um, pins or bonus points, at least from what I gather, but always in control, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's, uh, yep, he right. wasn't squeaking them out. And then he had the heartbreaker to Marionetti. Um, but great career, you know, I, I, I contemplating putting him ahead of, uh, Abbas and maybe 
in fact, the reason I put Abbas ahead of Herbert is because, or I'm sorry, um, Mac Ravy is my favorite wrestler ever. You're not forced yet when you're number 10, are you? No, 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 I'm not. Jake's not in my top 10. I don't know why. Uh, I hey, so, uh, the thing about, uh, McElravey, too, is he had a, you know, I would say, you said best NCAA matches. Uh, his match against Steven's brother, Jerry, I think that would be, that's in your all-time greatest, right? Yeah, and I would say Marionetti's win over McElravey is in my all-time greatest, Dang. too. Yeah, McElravey's in two of my ten, top ten all-time. Number one is Ironside versus Cole out in the All-Star meeting. Really? So everyone oh, says dude. that, but it's like, I don't know, it's good, but it's not like the McElravey Abbott. To me... I'll take McElroy Abbas over, over Guerrero versus Ironside anytime. I mean, Ironside versus Colat was... Uh, Ironside versus Colat, sorry. I mean, I'm Colat didn't even break, in my opinion. He just got slightly tuckered out in the last 30 seconds. And these tuckered guys were... These guys, these guys were just coming at each other. So I was so impressed yeah. with the action. Anyways, that's my favorite match of all that's time. That's really your favorite. You know, we should do our top ten college matches of all okay, time. Okay, but it's got it can only be ninety eight to present unless it's a yeah. <laughs> unless it's a historically important match, like say Mark Gable, Schultz Gable versus Ed Bannock, Gable Owings, yeah. uh, Abbas. You know, we could throw a few of those in there. But like, as far as just regular matches, you know, one that's like stupid to me that you probably will remember this because you're a wrestling nerd like me. Do you remember Darren Caldwell versus Ryan Lang quarterfinals? Yes. Um, Oh two, or I'm sorry, oh six. That was like the most freaking wild period of wrestling ever. Yeah, and then you know, not to even talk about myself because I never really like doing this, but I had a win in the. Did you ever hear about the win that I had in the national dual semis? No, I haven't. Well, our team was the seventh seed in the national duels. We're in the semifinals against Oklahoma. Okay. Who's the, num- who's the number two yeah, seed? Leon's Crump, maybe? Yeah, our team is down 17 to 13. I'm ranked second in the country. Crump is ranked third. I have to, uh, tech fall him or pin him to win. Like and the, go- major, the major wouldn't tie it and then put you over? No, no, the major would have tiebreakered. The other team would have won. Okay. So I'm going for the pin the whole time. It gets to, so it's nine to nine because obviously he's good. And Tommy's goes- not a pinner. I'm not a pinner, although I think I have more pins than Lincoln McElravey with 12. I think I had like 30 That's pins or something. But um, anyways, uh, pin the guy in overtime to win the, oh. win the uh, underhook. <laughs> I didn't pin him because of me, but I underhooked him, took him down. He sat on his butt, and as they were calling two, he lied on his back, and I just jumped on his back and got the pin. Wow, but really? The, yeah, but this is to get in the national duel finals. By the way, the, the other setting is that the national duels were in Columbus, so the you know so the crowd just went ape shit. Anyways, it was it was a fun match. It's probably not the top ten in college history, but I think that's probably one of the more cooler. You know, what year was that? Oh, oh four. Uh, three, my sophomore year. Oh two. Oh, oh three. Oh three. Oh, three. January of oh three. Yeah. Wow. Phone Anyways, list. yeah. What, what are we on? Number nine. We are. Uh, did you say you're number nine? I said no. My, Rack of Ravy was my eight. eight. Okay. I got Jimmy Zaleski, number Dude. nine. Oh yeah, you're the you're the odds. Yeah, I'm the odds. Jimmy Zaleski, three time NCAA champion. He did only take seventh as a freshman. That almost knocked him off my list. But um, I believe somewhere along there, he beat a guy named Nate Carr, who's also a freaking animal. And he had 89 straight wins, um, was super dominant, and so that's why I picked him as uh, as number nine on my list. 
I got to do a little heavyweight love. I'm giving it to Carlton Hazelrig ah. from Pitt Johnstown. Okay. 143-3-1. Freak, freak athlete. Went on to be, I think, a six-time Pro Bowler. Um, Maybe that's too many Pro Bowls, but I know yeah. he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, you're not far off. If, if you're off, you're not far off. Um, Anyways, three NCAA titles. I think he's the only guy that's had three NCAA titles because I think Gwiz was trying to catch up to him, right? Only heavyweight? Yeah, only heavyweight. Come on. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Well, there has been this jinx because Nelson got jinxed. Call, uh, Mako got beat by Conrad, got jinxed. No, I'm pretty you sure. Your ankle, you got jinxed. I'm pretty sure Hazelrig is the only heavyweight. With three NCAA titles. Okay, uh, but okay, he he was close because he only had two losses in his career, so he was very close um, to me putting him on there. Uh, but the one thing I get annoyed about Tommy is when you say he's a six-time NCAA champion. Like, get, stop, I did, stop I with said the other three. Divisions. I said three. I know, but other people are saying, but he won six. Like Grace Simons, I believe, won seven. It's like Tommy. Let me wrestle in NAIA. Division two, one, three, and one. My senior year, I'll be four, t- four titles in one year. Give me a freaking break, you know. I know. I, mean, I got you. I got. Um. By the way, Hazard only made the Pro Bowl once. But anyways, oh, that's it. A pretty good NFL career. Um, just really dominant. I think. I think he beat Angle in the NCAA Finals. Kurt Angle, who's a really? World Olympic champion. Yeah. Holy moly! Did you know they got brackets from 1984? This is sweet. <laughs> Are you kidding me? There you go. Kevin Jackson took third place. To, you said that like breath. such a wrestling nerd. It's so awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Know. They got brackets. I should have just went back and looked. Mark Perry. Mark Perry <laughs> won two two one one criteria. I don't even know what that freaking Mark means. Perry Sr., right? Mark Perry Sr. This is 1984. Okay, let me go to, let me go to Jimmy's. I, I, now I'm going to spend the rest of the night. I got a fire going outside. It's going to be nice and ready for me after this. John Smith lost to Dan Boldezzi. What is John thinking? <laughs> give, me, give me a break here. Where does he come? Where did John Smith? He he get not. He didn't even all American. Oh, this is one of those follow follow the leader gimmicks. There you go. Did you know that? No. John W. Smith doesn't even all American. Hey Dubs. What in the world? It's a follow the leader. Follow the leader is ridiculous. Just like this NCAA wrestling crap or NCAA Olympics. Follow the leader. Give me a freaking break. That's not a. That is not a proper way to bracket someone. Let me, let me tell you. Okay, hold on. I'm getting to Jimmy Zaleski. I'm going to Jesse Reyes, 19 to 11 over a guy named John Orr. I bet that would be a fun match to watch. Yeah. 19 to 11, the NCAA finals. Wow. Jesse Reyes putting up some points. 16 to 7, 17. Lots to of five. inside trips for Jesse. He was a beast there, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. I'm almost, oh, Kenny Monday, NCAA champion, 1984. 1984 was a good year for these guys. Yep. All right. Jim Zaleski, let's see. Beats Johnny Johnson, fall over. He did not wrestle. Kevin Jackson lost in the quarters to a guy named Mark Schmitz from Wisconsin. Boom. Boom. All right. I'm sorry. I got ADHD. Apologize. Sorry. Am I 10 or are you 10? Are we on, we're 10. on 10, right? Yeah, we're evens. You're up. So my number 10 is TJ Williams. Ooh, really? Yeah, he was not dominant um, in terms of uh, score. score. I do think he was in control a lot. Unfortunately, he was in control a lot in one-point matches. 
But you know, it, when I wa you know, he wrestled when I was in college, and he just won all the time. Sure. Other than he lost to Larry Quizzle from Boise State, that's a trivia question. I, I, think I was- watched that match, and TJ said I actually did a camp with TJ this summer, and he said it was a very questionable match. I, I watched the match, Tommy. I mean, it's slow; not much is going on, but I didn't see anything very questionable. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what part he was talking about because I didn't watch it with him. But uh, yeah, I'm not really sure what he was talking about there. So yeah, so he's my ten. I gotta be honest, Ben. Um, you were very close to being in my top ten. Uh, you, so I gotta you give let, you some. You let cr- me down, Tommy. I thought I, I when I started, I thought you were gonna be in my top ten. <laughs> uh, it wasn't the cards. Hey, but was, but but you know, I gotta you know, Ben. Four-time NCAA finalist, one of the longest win streaks in college wrestling history. I think you had almost a hundred pins. 91. You and you, you, Gene Mills and Wade Shallis were kind of in like a bucket together. Sure. Um, and I didn't know how to decide who had a more dominant career between the three of you. Did you know Wade Shallis was ineligible as a senior? You kidding me? No, he could. He would have won another title. There was some. Why was he ineligible? Some snafu about he he wrestled in the. Too many tournaments or so. I couldn't get the exact details, but it was something about he wrestled in too many tournaments or some, some bull crap like that. So he didn't get to wrestle in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Hey, did there wow. used to not be a tech fall? Because Melvin uh-huh. Douglas won 35-5 to in the first round of the NCAA championships in 1984. <laughs> <laughs> that, see, that's almost better. So listen, like, Tommy... I'm going to give you a little insight into my, my – I got some issues. Um, but when Dan Gable, when I was trying to chase him on the pins because I wanted to pin a higher percentage than him, you know? Uh-huh. Or in a row. I'm sorry, in a row. I pinned 19 in a row. I think he was 25. Uh-huh. Um, he had nine minutes. I only got seven. That's bullshit. Well, that's a big deal because you can <laughs> pin a lot of dudes when they're tired yeah, and you're up by 12, you know? Two more minutes. And then – if you can't tech fall them either, you can just keep trying to pin them. <laughs> That's just not fair. <laughs> so Dan wow. Gable's pin percentage, I think, is the highest. It's got to be. It's got. Chris be Taylor, seventy nine percent. Where where are you seeing that at? Uh, WrestlingStats.com. Pretty cool wow. website. That's that's the bulk of what I. It wasn't my only source. It was my the inspiration for the rest of my research. If that makes sense. Sure. Can I use it as. Go ahead. Go ahead. Can I run through my honorable mention? I, I yeah, got, yeah. Okay, go. I got 13. So th- this is where my list came down to. Now, there's a lot of great guys not on this list. You um, better be one of the 13, Benner. I didn't include my. I wasn't going to include myself. Okay, yeah, well, and, you're, in, and, you're in the 13. Wait, oh, wait. I didn't say my top 10. My number 10 is Pat Smith. Not quite as dominant as a lot of the other people, but the first one to win four titles, so you got to give him some credit for that. Absolutely. I... He, I'm putting Pat Smith in my Kenny Monday category. I'm embarrassed that I forgot about him. You didn't forget about Pat Smith. Stop. I did. Oh no, I didn't forget about him. I for you know, I, I didn't forget about him in the sense that I didn't. I wouldn't put him at like the top six or seven. But I wish I would have fit him in there. Yeah. Sure. These old brackets are so awesome. All right, here's my honorable mention. Without any further ado. Ed Ruth would have made my top ten if he not had lost to Gabe Dean. Um, Greg Jones, uh, not enough great competition. T.J. Williams, I feel like without that freshman year, um, 
You know, we don't know how we would have done there against the best of the best. Mark Schultz, uh, too many losses freshman year. Daryl Burley, no good reason. He just wasn't couldn't quite put him there. David Taylor, Tom Brands, uh, Joe Williams, Ed Bannock, Wade Chellis, Grace Simons, Carlton Helsrig, and Danny Hodge. Ben Askren. And Ben Askren. Yes. <laughs> Man, Pat Smith. I feel, oh, gosh, i got to write like an apology note or something. <laughs> yeah, because you know what? Right, we made it all the way through it without uh, without stopping once this time. Oh, it was pretty clean. So, what do you think? You think this was hard? Man. It was way harder. I mean, like I felt like I had I had uh, I had my top five up there. I think so. I had Kale Gable, Utaki, uh, Dake, and Kemp, and I had what eighteen names left or nineteen names left. I'm thinking like, good lord, how am I going <laughs> to put these in order? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I was thinking. Like, holy crap, this is like a task right here mm-hmm. we should have a show it would be <laughs> it would be ultra boring for the listeners but it'd be so much fun for uh for me we'll just, we'll just click on old brackets and scroll through and talk about all the matches we find in there oh we got the 1987 brackets <laughs> up now <laughs> ah, too funny right i got i pulled 1985 ricky bonomo 17 finals Lockhaven, yep. He had, he had a problem. Hey, how about too. you say random names and I'll, we, I can see if uh, what school they are. They have to be an NCAA finalist. Oh, a final? Come on. How many do you think I'll get semis, right? Semis, It can be semis. Okay. I'm going to the next weight class right now. Wade Hughes. No, uh, you'll never get this. George huh? Washington. I don't Barry know. Barry Davis, you got that. That's simple. Barry Davis, 25-9, to 20-5. Default and sixteen to eleven, and then beat Joe McFarlane. You know Joe McFarlane's from, right? Yeah, of course. You sure? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hey, the last thing we didn't we didn't mention. Well, it wasn't part of the podcast, but Lou Roselli got the head job at um, at Oklahoma. So, Tommy, I just want to ask your thoughts. How do you think that's going to affect the situation over there? Because he was uh, the head coach of the most effective RTC in the country. The last yeah, anyone that says it's not a, anyone that says it's not a, it's not going to be um, challenging and interesting is just not being you know they're not not offering up much real talk. I mean, just to take you through Ben, what Lou Roselli did um, with a lot of other people, financial resources, Tom Ryan's support. Um, Great athletes um, being attracted to the city of Columbus itself, but but Lou was at the center and the nucleus of the development of that RTC with 42, 42 national team spots, nineteen World and Olympic team members, four World and Olympic medalists. I want to say like sixteen or seventeen U.S. Open titles in a ten-year span. Wow! So. You know, it was unprecedented success. No RTC can really maybe maybe they could compare, but it's clearly the number one, you know, the number one performing RTC in in the country in the past decade. And Lou Lou was at the center of that. So that is probably you know Lou's done a lot for Ohio State wrestling. He's been a great individual coach to you know a lot of great OSU wrestlers over the past ten years. But I think his greatest, most influential impact on what's gone on at Ohio State would be his direct impact on the RTC. And that is uh, a gaping hole that needs to be filled, along with, obviously, you know, what he did with the college program. I mean, he's interwoven in the culture of Ohio State wrestling, and he's been removed from that because he, you know, wanted to pursue other other opportunities for himself. The good news is that I think there's lots of 
talented young blood waiting in the wings that are going to contribute to the program. Uh, Jay Jaggers, one of my very close personal friends, I think is ready to fill the voids. Tervel Delagnev is the most articulate and uh, wrestling mind, one of the most articulate wrestling minds in the country. And he's the he, best dancing heavyweight ever. Best dancing heavyweight ever. Um, best heavyweight low single possibly ever. Um, at any rate, there's there's plenty of great people that are going to fill the spots that Lou left, and I'm very confident. I think that Tom Ryan you know, is going to be more of a mentor to his staff than he ever has been. Um, I think all of his staff is young in the sense that they're great. Um, they're personal friends of mine, yeah. but they don't know, they don't have the experience, um, that Tom has. And, and Tom has just had the burden on his shoulders for so long. And these guys have been coming in for the assist because they're just too old to, too young to have all that weight on their shoulders that early in their career. And now they do all of a sudden now they do. So if the team's out of shape, they're going to say, you know, what's up with Tervel Jaggers and Ryan and what they're doing with the team or this or that or the other thing. So just the whole dynamics change. So I think Tom's going to be challenged with being a mentor, but I'm excited. I mean, I, I, I'm excited for Lou. I know it's something that he's, he's always wanted to do and he's just so qualified that, you know, it's like almost like you got to scratch that itch. Yeah, you know what of course, I mean? Of course. And, um, so I'm excited for Lou. I'm sad that one of my friends is moving to Oklahoma. I'm excited for my friends who are moving up in the coaching ranks. I think that they're going to do a great job. So it's just an interesting time at Ohio State. I think the program is going to be fine, but um, it, it's interesting and it's challenging. I mean, that's not a lie. I mean, that's just a flat-out truth, right? Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, the other, my other question there would be, is, is he going to take anybody with him? At Ohio State? I mean, because those got to be some of his closest friends and, and colleagues, right? You know, I mean – I don't think so. I don't think he would be able to, even if he tried. And I question even if he's going to try. Yeah. I mean, he's leaving Ohio State on such good terms. Not that it would be bad or ill-willed if he said, hey, Jay, you know, come be my head assistant, or Logan, you should move to Oklahoma and let me train you yeah. for the Olympics. I mean, maybe those conversations have happened in a casual I way. I mean, I couldn't see those two leaving, but maybe like a, a J.D. Bergman, right, come be right. my upper weights coach or um, someone to that effect. I don't think I don't think Lou is motivated to do that. Um, but but you know it is what it is. I don't think anyone would be offended if it did happen. I think he's got a good plan. I mean, he shared with me some things that he wants to do at Oklahoma, and you know I'm hoping that he can come on the podcast and he can say those things. I'm certainly not going to repeat them. Um, but it's nothing that you haven't heard before from coaches. But we'd like to get him on the podcast and and let him share those types of things with us on what his plans are and. I'm excited for him, and yes, it is a challenging time for Ohio State, but we got the right people um, in the program that are up for the challenge, if that makes sense. Yep, of course. So hopefully, if we, if we get lucky, we'll get him on the podcast next week. Yeah, baby. That'd be sweet. All right, I think that was fun. We are over an hour right now, so let's call it a day. Have, have a good one, Ben. Thank All you, right. as always, Defense Soap, for your continued loyalty of our podcast. All right, you guys have a great night. Later, brother. See ya. You are listening to the T. Rowan Funky Show and it is brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you've built. Tommy, I got to say, I, I tried these products. He shipped me a box. Uh, I love them. I've, I've had, uh, if you know me, you know I had, I've had ringworm issues for a long time. Um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to putting these in my repertoire and, and hoping uh, the ringworm does not come back ever. 
No doubt, Ben. And to top that off, the company was created by wrestlers. Guy Seiko wrestled at Cleveland State University. His son was an All-American in Virginia, so these people really get it. They know what the wrestling community needs.